I know what all of you are thinking. You're thinking, you're all thinking, what you're thinking is that you're thinking that you wish that, what you're thinking is that you wish that we would have done more names. Yeah. I you was, like how much thinking they're doing? I was not thinking that. That's what you were all thinking. I was you and every that. yes, all of you. I was you not thinking. thinking I want to do more names. You were like, "Hey, Eric." No, I was can not. You hear like my, can you hear my thoughts? I and was I was not. like, "Yes, Jim, no. I can hear your thoughts." You're hearing you're like, somebody else's. I thoughts. want more names. You're not hearing my thoughts. Well, I'm not a fan of the names, even though we need names, and names are very important. I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not a fan of saying the names. Saying the but names, yeah, really, it's cool. I just do a terrible job. No, hey, speaking of terrible jobs, I'm gonna read okay. now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where you're going with that. <laughs> no, hey, guys, welcome back. We're glad you're welcome here back. today. We are going to be reading uh... <laughs> Genesis 25, 12 through 28, 9. Wow. This is day eight. Big shout out to Hannah for the awkward groupings. <laughs> yeah, these awkward groupings are Hannah's fault. Day eight. Yeah, let's just blame her. Hey. What? This is the account of the family of Ishmael, the oh. son of Abraham, through Hagar, Sarah's Egyptian servant. Good. Here's a list by their names and clans Ugh. of Ishmael's descendants. The oldest was Nebaioth, mm -hmm. followed by Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Massa, Hadad, Tima, Jeder, Naphish, and Kedema. These 12 sons of Ishmael became the founders of 12 tribes named after them, listed according to the places they settled and camped. Ishmael lived for 137 years. Then he breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. Ishmael's descendants occupied the region from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt in the direction of Asher. There, they lived in open hostility toward all their relatives. Huh. Open hostility. Open hostility. Well, this is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan Aram, and the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. Wow. But the two children struggled with each other in the womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me, she asked. And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. And when the time came to give birth, Rebekah discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. So she named, them, named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. One day, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. Mm. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. A severe famine now struck the land as it happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar, where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. 
The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in the land, and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky. I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebekah, he said, She's my sister. Oh, gosh. Here we go again. He was afraid to say, She's my wife. He thought that they'll kill me to get her because she's so beautiful. But sometime later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Whoa, steamy. Immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and exclaimed, She's obviously your wife. Makes you wonder what was going on. Why did you say she's my sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her from me, Isaac replied. How could you do this to us? Abimelech explained, exclaimed. One of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of great sin. <clears throat> then Abimelech issued a public pro- proclamation saying, Anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds from Gerar came came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Esek, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was dispute over it, so Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it, so Isaac named that place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, At last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. From there Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshiped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. One day King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor Ahuzath and Philcol, Fecal, his army commander, why have you come here, Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, We can plainly see that the Lord is with you, so we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us, just as we have not never troubled you. We have always treated you well, and we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you. So Isaac prepared a covenant to feast to celebrate the treaty, and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning, they each took a solemn oath and not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left him in peace. That very day, uh, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well that they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. So Isaac named the well Sheba, which means oath. And to this day, the town grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of the oath. At the age of 40, 
Esau married two Hittite wives, Judith, the daughter of Beeri, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. One day when Isaac was, t- was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son. Yes, father, Esau replied. I am an old man now, Isaac said, and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and quiver full of arrows and go out to the open country to hunt for some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. Hmm. But Rebekah overheard what Isaac had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, Listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, Bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. But look, Jacob replied to Rebekah, my brother Esau is a hairy man and my skin is smooth. What if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm just trying to trick him, and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. But his mother replied, Then let the curse fall on me, my son. Just do what I tell you. Go out and get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebekah took them and prepared a delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house, and gave them to her younger son Jacob. She covered his arms with the smooth and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats. She gave Jacob the delicious meal, including fresh, freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said. Yes, my son, Isaac answered. Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done as you told me. Here is the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. Isaac asked, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God put it in my path, Ooh. Jacob replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you really are Esau. So Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's, Isaac said. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy, just like Esau's. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. But are you really my son Esau? He asked. Yes, I am, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said, now my son, bring me the wild game. Let me eat it and then I'll give you my blessing. So Jacob took the food to his father, and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. The Isaac said to Jacob, Please come a little closer and kiss me, my son. So Jacob went and kissed him, and when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced, and he blessed his son. He said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. From the dew of heaven and the richest of the earth, may God always give you the abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants, and may they bow down to you. And may the master... Be the master over your brothers, and may your mother's son bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed, and all who bless you will be blessed. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunt. Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. Then he said, Sit up, my father, and eat my wild game so you can give me your blessing. But Isaac asked him, Who are you? Esau replied, It's your son, your firstborn son, Esau. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, Then who just served me wild game? I've already eaten it, and I blessed him just before you came, and yes, that blessing must stand. When Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, Your brother was here, and he tricked me. He has taken away your blessing. 
Esau exclaimed, No wonder his name is Jacob, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn, now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master and have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. What is left to give you, my son? Esau pleaded, But do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. Finally, his father Isaac said to him, You will live away from the richness of the earth and away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you shall shake his yoke from your neck. From that time on, Esau hated Jacob because her father had given Jacob the blessing and Esau began to scheme, saying, I'll soon be mourning my family's father's death and I'll kill my brother Jacob. But Rebekah heard about Esau's plans, so she sent for Jacob and told him, Listen, Esau's consoling himself by plotting to kill you. So listen carefully, my son. Get ready and flee to my brother Laban in Haram. Stay there with him until your brother cools off. When he calms down and forgets what you've done to him, I'll send for you to come back. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm sick and tired of these local Hittite women. I would rather die than to see Jacob marry one of them. So Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him, and said, You must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to Padan Aram, to the house of your grandfather Bethuel, and marry one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children, and may your descendants multiply and become many nations. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May you own this land where you're now living as a foreigner, for God gave this land to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away. He went to Padan Aram to stay with his uncle Laban, his mother's brother, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean. Esau knew that his father Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to Padan Aram to find a wife. And he had warned Jacob, you must not marry a Canaanite woman. He also knew that Jacob had obeyed his parents and gone to Padan Aram. But it was now very clear to Esau that his father did not like the local Canaanite women. So Esau visited his uncle Ishmael's family and married one one of Ishmael's daughters. In addition to the wives he already had, his new wife's name was, was Mahalath. She was the sister of Nebaioth and the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Mm-hmm. All right. Two questions for you. What is this telling us about God? What does this tell us about us? And then bonus question, how should we live? In light of yeah. those things. Well, I think, Eric, it tells us that God wants to bless his people. He wants to bless his people. And Abimelech even saw it. He even said, you know, now look how the Lord has blessed you. Yeah. Yep. So God's blessings towards us can be a testimony of his grace and mercy to other people. They have to be. They are. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. And, mm-hmm. and we always, with our kids, we tell them all the time how God has blessed us. And we use that word bless. Like this is a blessing. God has blessed us. And they're overwhelmed by that. And, they, you know, we all praise God for it. And it's amazing. He wants to bless us. I think, it, and you can add to this if you want, but, you know, what does this tell us about us? We get to choose to keep it or not. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of blessing in this reading here today. And there was a family dysfunction that went on. Mm-hmm. And, and really, um, even though God still provides some blessing, you know, there was definitely some negative impact that happened as a result of the, the trickery and the confusion. Blessing was taken. Um, blessing wasn't given, you know, all, all throughout there. So I think it's really up to us. You know, there's two reactions. So what this tells me about us, there's two reactions. We can be like the people who filled in the wells and be super jealous when God blesses, or we can be like Isaac, who's just content to move on to the next well because he knows God's going to bless. So we can either be jealous, horrible people who look around yeah. and are obsessed with others' blessings, or 
we can be like Isaac and just be content with God's blessing and, you know, go forward knowing that God will bless us. And it's, I mean, Jacob and Esau, it's the same deal, you know? Hmm. Um, hmm. So, yeah. So what this tells us about God, he wants to bless us. What this tells us about us, we have options on how we react to our blessings and the blessings of others. Yeah. How should we live? Hmm. We should understand that God's one who blesses. And we should love that for those who are blessed, and we yes. should we should appreciate that when we're the ones who are blessed. Yeah, yeah. And every blessing from God gives us a chance to to praise His name. Yeah. Every blessing from God gives you and I a chance to praise His name in public and in private. Yeah. yeah. And, and that can go a long way. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We are glad that you did. Day number eight is gone. We are almost done. Tomorrow we're going to pick up Genesis 28. We're almost there. Share this with friends and family. Come to SDA um, on the 22nd yeah, at 1130. Our, our readership uh, is doing very well. A lot of people uh, like reading, listening, yeah. following along. That's awesome. We love that. And we give all the glory for that. So great job. All right, guys. See you later.